Hello everyone, Ashley Garrison here again with Brian Peckinpah and David Catalano for our hat trick episode, episode three of Lending Made Easy. Uh, it's going to be a fun one because today we're going to be talking about Netflix and if you have enjoyed the pandemic viewing uh, over the last two months or two years, I should say, haha, ha, ha, um, you probably are one of Netflix's viewers. And the thing that's great about Netflix is their ability to really curate content. Um, so specifically, they like to think of their product as not one product, but millions of products that they sell and, you know, uh, update daily. So the question that came into for Brian and David this week is, is Netflix um, going to have any impact on banking? Meaning, will banks ever look at their customer experience and try to personalize it and curate products the same way Netflix does? So interesting topic. Um, I think banks, you know, have a lot of consumer and uh, commercial data, but the question is, how are they using it? And, and do they intend to follow the same path as say Netflix has for uh, visual media? So. I don't care who takes it. Brian, you want to go? Sure, happy to, you know, and, and I think it'll be important, David, for us to you know, bifurcate this conversation. Uh, I think we would both agree that on the consumer side, the financial institutions have, uh, have certainly adopted some of these concepts. I think we can obviously do better. Um, but I think it's really interesting as you get into the uh, the commercial side of the house and how how do we leverage those similar ideas of you know curated financial products for your small business and all the way up to large corporate uh, customers knowing that at the end of the day those people are still at home watching netflix and they're they're used to now getting that curated content in all aspects of their lives you know and, and why not get it from your financial institution yeah, I, th I think that's a good point bifurcating that because on the consumer side, we do have some behemoths that have, you know, applied their massive technology budgets to solve that. I still think they probably have a ways to go. But on the, com on the typical community bank who's filled with commercial customers and who makes all of their money from commercial lending, whether it be to a smaller business or a larger business, that personalization is is what they're what they're all about. Right. They, they take a really a fairly well compensated relationship manager and they put that person out and that person has a book of business and they're trying to grow their business, cross sell new customers. Um, and they're trying to do exactly what Netflix has, has done. That said, it's really hard to replicate what Netflix has done. Um, and really, they're just using the data they have and the algorithms that they built and that iterates and gets better and better over time, which is what a human would do. Right. So it's really. Banks have been doing this for a long time. They just haven't been doing it using a digital tool. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and will they ever get there? That's an interesting question. It, it would have to be. No, I'm talking about the like the the swat, the 68% under the bell, right? The the middle of that one standard deviation from the mean, and everything underneath that of community banks. Unless this technology is really low cost and easy to use, it's not going to be adopted widely, at least in our in our careers. That's my mm -hmm. take on it. Mm -hmm. uh, banks don't hire people that have that type of uh, background. Would they do that? I mean, potentially, yeah. I mean, maybe. Uh, they need a platform to make that easy. 
these technology companies like Netflix and, and Google and Apple and all the people that use Amazon is a great example. Use this have budgets that are that are really really large and they're able to attract really really bright people and apply them both on the technology side, the behavioral finance side, you know, and the data science side. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see that coming to the typical $1 billion community bank who makes all of their money from commercial lending. So it has to be packaged up. It has to be delivered to them and then um, deployed and then iterated on just like, just like anything else. I don't yeah. ever see it to the level that a Netflix would have. And I do, I do compliment that community bank because they are rooted in their community. They are rooted with that same type of personal service where the person is supposed to know the account and know what's the next best product what's the next best curated item this uh this roofing company needs to make their business better yeah you know it's it's interesting though Dave. so i bank with a very large global financial institution uh for uh for for protection of the the innocent or guilty however you want to look at it i'll i'll refrain from naming names but uh you know they don't have it figured out either because i you know i uh quick story was uh you know, in the midst of refinancing a house at the beginning of the pandemic, took the opportunity to buy a different one, all working through my same bank. And even though I had an active refi going, as well as an active home purchase, I was still getting mortgage marketing materials throughout the entire journey. I even called them and said, hey, do you guys know you're doing this? You need to turn it off. <laughs> and they still sent them to me, right? You tried, to, the you tried to save them the money. Awesome. <laughs> these are the experiences you would never see with Netflix, right? And I, I think that's the big thing. And, and you hit the nail on the head is it's a it's a data problem. And, you know, in the, in the world we live in from a financial services perspective, it's so disparate. And, and I, you know, I know a lot of people are trying to tackle it, especially the the larger side of the community space and certainly in the big bank space by creating data aggregation concepts inside uh, their four walls so that they have at least a central place to have the data. But we've got to start attracting that different level of talent. You know, we, we've got to look at it uh, as not a transactional problem, which is what I think you know, the, our whole industry is built on, right, is is financial transactions, whether that's your deposit, my loan to you, uh, everything is centered around those transactions that happen and we need to move to an experiential concept that, that can be data-driven, but that requires all of the data in one place with very smart data scientists, people to work on it, but also the other side, which is, you know, whatever you title the role, but the the people who know what to look for, you know, it's it's quote unquote easy to find the smart data people that can find the needle in the haystack if you tell them everything there is to know about the needle. But it's the people that, you know, can figure out what the needle is before they even start looking. And, and we don't have many of those at all. Um, and they all live in the places like Netflix, where this whole experience idea is, is the crux of their go to market strategy. You, you you hit the nail on the head. So there was a, an executive that was at a client company and he left and went to another company. So um, they were, they had a data warehouse project and they hired some really smart data science guys. So we had, we got on a call with the data science guys and these guys were so lost 
it's it, it, they're really good at data science, but they don't have a clue when it comes to banking. They have no mm. idea what to do, and in particular, bank marketing. So there, you're, like, there is a huge disconnect there and a learning curve for the data guys to come up that learning curve on the banking side and understanding how how to go about that cross sell. How to go? How do you you know? How do you talk to your customers as a bank? It's not the same, and it was evident that these guys were very very lost. I'm sure they're bright mm -hmm. on the data side. It's only going to get you so far, right? Right, and and I, you know, the the sweet spot to me that that is underserved today is the small business market, where um, you know I think the the pandemic and the PPP program taught us a lot about that. I think it became evident quickly how little we were doing to serve the small business community uh, to make it easy for them to bank with a financial institution. You know, having to stand up portals and uh, uh, all kinds of, you know, quick to market um, lending ideas. But, you know, at the end of the day, from a bank or credit union perspective, the the we're providing tools to those small businesses so they can do whatever it is they do. And where we, I think, lack the insight is on that whatever it is they do aspect. And David, you're right. There are some RMs out there that are really good at it. Uh, they're highly sought after, right? I mean, that's that's the competitive difference is the RMs, you know, small business or commercial, because they're the ones who know the markets they serve and the industries they serve and, and know how those institutions make money and thus what types of financial products support that. Uh, but, you know, you can go out there and, and look, there's been a lot of research done in this area where the average small business owner, um, I think 90% plus of them what they're looking for out of their financial institution is understanding the specifics of them and their business, but only about 40% believe that they actually get that from their financial institution. And that's where I yeah. think data can play a huge role is the more we can understand behavior in that space, you know, we here call it customer value management of understanding the life cycle of uh, the client that you're working with, what are those behavioral indicators that can at least tell you that something's happening? Right. Um, you know, it's up to you to still dig into it. There'll always be that personal aspect. But I think turning our our thoughts on data and experience instead of transactions to the world of small business, you know, if you could figure that out as a financial institution, uh, I think it's a market ripe for innovation and uh, you know ability to capture some significant market share. I, I would agree with that, but the, the thing that Netflix doesn't have is insured deposits, right? So you got they an FDIC insurance uh, that de insures the deposits. People know that they want to go and put their money where it's going to be safe. That is the moat around this banking business that's going to always be there um, until it's not. I don't know when it's not. I can't imagine a world where it's not, but there could be a time when it's not. Maybe that's when crypto is around and there's blockchain. <laughs> we know that that dollar is, in fact, your dollar because it's a crypto dollar and you're on the ledger for it. But at the end of the day, um, that's very forgiving. That adds a layer of forgiveness to this business of banking. Now, I'm sure bankers are cringing when they hear that. Oh, my business is hard. Yeah, it sure is. But it's not Netflix hard. Mm -hmm. Netflix is a tough business, right? So they've got all these people there that are subscribing on a regular basis, but that's only going to stick as long as they keep come out with new Ozarks, right? So they're, you know, they've got to create their content, they've got to buy their content. They, that's a big, a couple of big balls to keep rolling. 
and the fact that they can hire some some data scientists to, to drive that um, is probably required but a nice to have and in the banking business we know today it's not required mm -hmm. flat out it's not nor do so, i see that changing in the near future so final thoughts on this one i mean netflix obviously has had a huge impact on the world um, in which we live especially in the last uh, few years um so i have to ask favorite uh, binge watching show on netflix brian well, you know, interesting. So before, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit because I'm actually gonna go off of Netflix. Uh, you know, well, before we got started, I was actually talking with David about the new Beatles documentary, I, I, which I just find incredibly fascinating. Uh, but evidence of how important the data is and understanding it. You know, David's the probably the biggest music guy I know, uh, and, and hadn't really had it served to him because it's on Disney Plus, which doesn't yet have uh the the data set the the reach that netflix does to know that that's something that should be absolute top of the list for david because it, it's it's incredible Absolutely. I actually just watched it myself. I had um, a professor when I was at IU, Glenn Gass. He's a preeminent Beatles scholar. So we did that for kind of a fun class. And um, yeah, uh, it was an awesome uh, documentary series. So awesome. Uh, what about you, David? Uh, you know, so, I mean, we were talking about favorite series, so Broadway yeah. Empire, so Broadway Empire was amazing, I don't know if you guys saw that, it was on HBO, I saw it through Prime, uh, The Sopranos, don't ever forget them, just because it was old doesn't mean it ain't good, and then Shameless, I don't know if you guys saw Shameless, but holy cow. I haven't watched that one yet, but we just restarted Sopranos here in the, the Peckinpah household, so uh, I'm right there with you, probably one of the best ones ever made. Well, uh, thank you guys both uh, for you know joining us on uh, this session of Lending Made Easy, and uh, I'm sure we'll have another fun topic next week. Thanks.